Hey everybody, welcome back to the Elon Musk podcast. This is a show where we discuss the critical crossroads that shape SpaceX, Tesla, X, The Boring Company, and Neuralink. And I'm your host, Will Walden. X has launched a legal challenge against the National Labor Relations Board, or the NLRB, claiming that the agency's structure violates the U.S. Constitution. This action follows a complaint from the NLRB accusing SpaceX of unlawfully dismissing eight employees. Now, these employees had composed and shared an open letter raising workplace issues, including criticism of CEO Elon Musk. The SpaceX lawsuit labels the NLRB's complaint as unlawful, arguing that the agency's framework breaches Article 2 of the Constitution in the Fifth and Seventh Amendments. The core of SpaceX's argument is that the NLRB structure, where only board members and administrative judges are subject to presidential removal, undermines constitutional principles and results in a lack of electoral accountability. In addition to challenging the NLRB's constitutionality, SpaceX has requested a jury trial and seeks to have the NLRB's complaint dismissed. This suit represents an unconventional response to the Labor Board's allegations, which are set to be reviewed by an administrative judge with potential appeals to the board and to federal court. Now, SpaceX has previously triumphed in a similar legal battle. In November, the company won an appeal against a Department of Justice administrative complaint alleging hiring discrimination against certain immigrants. The current lawsuit against the NLRB filed in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Texas mirrors this previous legal strategy. And the origins of the conflict trace back to 2016, involving an incident on a SpaceX corporate jet. A flight attendant, encouraged to become a massage therapist, alleged inappropriate conduct by Musk during a flight. This led to a $250,000 settlement after a complaint to SpaceX's HR department, accompanied by a non-disclosure agreement. And the issue resurfaced in 2022, when Insider reported on the settlement. Musk's dismissive and joking responsive to the allegations on social media reportedly exacerbated concerns among SpaceX employees, particularly in the context of reports about widespread sexual harassment within the company. SpaceX COO Gwen Shotwell had previously emphasized the company's commitment to addressing harassment complaints. However, Musk's public attitude seemed to contradict this stance, prompting employees to draft the open letter criticizing Musk's behavior and its impact on the company's image and internal culture. The response from SpaceX to this open letter was immediate and severe. Five of the letter's authors were fired promptly, with three more following soon after. An internal meeting led by SpaceX VP John Edwards further highlighted the tensions, with Edwards reportedly asserting Musk's broad discretion as CEO, even in the face of direct questions about harassment. And the NLRB stepped in with a lawsuit against SpaceX, alleging that the firings violated the National Labor Relations Act, which protects employees' rights to advocate for better working conditions. SpaceX's countersuit contends that the NLRB's process and the role of its administrative law judges are unconstitutional and represents a conflict of interest. Now, the ongoing legal battles cast a shadow over SpaceX's achievements in spaceflight, bringing to the fore issues of workplace culture and leadership ethics. The situation shows that the challenges of balancing founder-driven leadership with employee welfare and legal compliance are very complex. Now, SpaceX's lawsuit against the NLRB shows the broader debate about the constitutional legitimacy of certain federal agency structures. The company argues that the NLRB's administrative law judges, having substantial decision-making authority, 
should be subject to direct presidential oversight to align with constitutional requirements. And the lawsuit references a Supreme Court ruling from April 2023 concerning the Federal Trade Commission and Securities and Exchange Commission. Although that ruling did not directly address the use of administrative law judges, it recognized the jurisdiction of federal district courts in assessing the constitutionality of agency structures. Additionally, the Supreme Court is currently deliberating a challenge to the SEC's use of administrative law judges following a ruling against the SEC by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. The outcome of this case could have significant implications for the NLRB and similar federal agencies. Now, SpaceX's legal argument hinges on precedents and interpretations of constitutional powers and the separation of powers doctrine. The company cites historical rulings and constitutional interpretations to support its claim that the NLRB's current structure and processes are constitutionally flawed. Lori Burgess, representing the fired SpaceX employees, characterizes SpaceX's lawsuit as an impulsive and tactical maneuver by Musk to delay facing the legal consequences of his actions. She argues that Musk's disregard for legal norms has created a challenging work environment at SpaceX, and the NLRB's complaint against SpaceX seeks remedies for the affected employees, including reimbursement and back pay. The complaint also highlights alleged coercive statements by a SpaceX vice president, which could further complicate the company's legal position. Now, the legal confrontation between SpaceX and the NLRB presents a very complex scenario in including constitutional law, labor rights, and corporate governance. And it shows that the tensions that can arise when dynamic business leadership clashes with regulatory frameworks and also employees. And the outcomes of these legal battles could have significant ramifications, not only for SpaceX, but also for the interpretation of labor laws and the structure of federal regulatory agencies. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. I really do appreciate your support. If you could take a second and hit the subscribe or the follow button on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on right now, I'd greatly appreciate it. It helps out the show tremendously and you'll never miss an episode. And each episode is about 10 minutes or less to get you caught up quickly. And please, if you want to support the show even more, go to patreon.com slash stage zero. And please take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll see you tomorrow. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Elon Musk podcast. This is a show where we discuss the critical crossroads that shape SpaceX, Tesla, X, The Boring Company, and Neuralink and everything Elon Musk. I'm your host, Will Walden. Today, we're focusing on a significant development in SpaceX. The recent test flight of Starship, which unfortunately ended in an explosion, and this event is crucial not only for SpaceX, but also for NASA's Artemis program, which relies on the Starship for future lunar Artemis missions, specifically Artemis 3. Now, the test flight on Saturday showed both progress and challenges for SpaceX. The spacecraft reached an altitude of 93 miles, a significant improvement from its last flight. However, the flight concluded with the explosion of the Starship raising questions and triggering an FAA investigation. SpaceX CEO Elon Musk remains optimistic, though, anticipating a readiness for the next flight in just a few weeks. And this episode will explore the details of the flight. The spacecraft, which is designed to be a pivotal part of NASA's lunar missions, encountered a severe mishap as both the Starship and the Super Heavy booster exploded. Now, this incident, following an earlier destructive test in April, 
brings into focus the challenges that SpaceX faces in developing this gigantic 400-foot-tall, it's basically a skyscraper that's going to space. Now, SpaceX's proactive measures, such as the installation of a water suppression system to protect the launch pad, indicating significant technical improvements, and it actually worked. The flight's initial success with all 33 Raptor engines igniting correctly in the spacecraft reaching space marked a notable advancement from previous attempts. However, the explosion that followed raises critical safety and technical questions for SpaceX and the FAA. Now, the industry experts and former FAA officials suggest the situation is more promising despite this massive explosion over the ocean. The improved performance could lead to a quicker review process by the FAA, essential for SpaceX's timeline with the Artemis III mission. Now, George Neald, former head of the FAA's Office of Commercial Space Transportation, emphasized the importance of learning from these tests to enhance public safety and spacecraft reliability. And the FAA's role is critical in this process. As SpaceX submits its report on the failure and proposed changes for future flights, the FAA must balance rapid development that SpaceX is noteworthy for with stringent safety and environmental regulations. This process reflects the growing pressures on the agency amidst the burgeoning commercial space industry. Should they move forward and move fast like SpaceX does, or should they stick with their old ways? Only time will tell. SpaceX's resilience and adaptability have been evident in its history of overcoming challenges. The company's experience, notably the recovery after losing a Falcon 9 rocket in 2015, demonstrate its capability to quickly address these issues and return back to flight to a normal cadence and actually build up the cadence and the speed of these flights and the turnaround. And this capability will be crucial as SpaceX aims to define the Starship system for reliability and space travel. Now for NASA, the stakes are very high. The Artemis program's success heavily depends on the Starship's development. With an investment of $4 billion, NASA envisions using the Starship for lunar landings, a mission not undertaken since the Apollo mission over 50 years ago. However, the timeline targeting a lunar landing by astronauts in uh, 2025 or 2026 hinges on Starship's performance and the reliability of the booster and the ship, which includes its unprecedented need for in-orbit refueling, something that's never been done before in a rocket this size. Now, SpaceX's latest test, despite its explosive conclusion, marks a step forward, not backwards, in its bold journey to space. The flight's initial successes, contrasted by the subsequent failures, underscore these challenges that the pioneers of SpaceX and the Starship continue to push with. Now, with the FAA's oversight and SpaceX's determination, the path forward is a blend of testing, innovation, and also regulatory navigation. And the tension between SpaceX's fast-paced innovation and the government's regulatory framework is likely to persist for a while. SpaceX's expectations for efficient approval processes often clash with the inherently cautious and procedural nature of government agencies. This dynamic will be crucial in shaping the pace and direction of future Starship tests and, by extension, the progress of human space exploration. Now, this is a little side note. SpaceX is only allowed to do five launches from Starbase Texas at this time. And if they can squeeze in another test by the end of this year, by the end of December, they will have successfully launched 
three times from Boca Chica Starbase, Texas in one year. If they slip to January, that flight goes into the next five for next year. Now, if they do complete those five tests successfully, if they even successfully complete I, probably two or three of them, the FAA may allow them to do more flights from Starbase, Texas. And the implications of these developments, they're going beyond SpaceX and NASA. The commercial space sector, which is poised to benefit from Starship's potential to lower launch costs significantly, is watching as SpaceX succeeds in these launches. And this, the success of Starship isn't just about reaching the Kármán line and getting into space. It's also about reshaping the economics and the accessibility of space travel for NASA and normal people like you and me. Eventually, space tourism will become a thing, and SpaceX will be on the forefront of that technology. And as SpaceX prepares for the IFT-3 launch, and as SpaceX prepares for the IFT-3 launch, we'll be here every single step of the way. The U.S. Space Force's seventh mission of the X-37B Orbital Test Vehicle, or the OTV, launched last week on a Falcon Heavy rocket, and it's shrouded in mystery. This is a Boeing-built spacecraft. Its purpose, its payload, and its destination remain largely undisclosed. But Michelle Parker, who is Boeing's Vice President of Space Missions, said that the technological advancements we're driving on X-37B will benefit the broader space community, especially as we see increased interest in space sustainability. And we're pushing for innovation and capability that will influence the next generation of spacecraft. Now, this is known as the USS F-52 or the OTV-7, and the mission departed from Kennedy Space Center Launch Complex 39A in Florida. Now, the launch, which initially delayed due to weather and technical issues, was assisted by SpaceX, and the live stream of the launch was terminated upon the space plane reaching orbit, as requested by the Space Force. Frank Kendall, the Secretary of the U.S. Air Force, said that the progress of space travel, citing teamwork across various agencies and industries, is ramping up. And for the first time, the X-37B launched aboard a Falcon Heavy rocket, one of the most powerful launch vehicles available. This marked a departure from previous missions, which utilized the United Launch Alliance's Atlas V rockets and SpaceX's Falcon 9 booster. The Falcon Heavy's capabilities have fueled speculation about the potential altitude and objectives of this super-secret mission. Now, the X-37B project is a collaboration involving the Space Force, the U.S. Space Force's Rapid Capabilities Office, and Boeing. It operates under the National Security Space Launch Program, and the spacecraft's exact role remains a topic of speculation, ranging from reconnaissance to payload delivery, with the Pentagon denying any weapons-related functions. Now, the Space Force has stated that USSF-52 will test operations in new orbital regimes and examine radiation effects on various payloads, including NASA-provided SEEDs. William Bailey, who's the director of Rapid Capabilities Office, said that the space plane's role is enhancing responsibility, flexibility, and adaptive experimentation platforms for space operations in the future. Additionally, the X-37B will experiment with technologies for future space domain awareness. This aims to ensure safe and secure space operations for both government and commercial entities. And despite the secrecy, certain aspects of the X-37's design and capabilities have been disclosed. The X-37B, initially a NASA project, was developed by Boeing's Phantom Works, 
designed for operations in low Earth orbit, and is notable for being the first vehicle since the space shuttle capable of returning experiments to Earth. It's a space plane, and it introduces several technological innovations, including advanced avionics and electromechanical actuation systems. Now, despite its new features, the X-37B shares some similarities with the space shuttle, though, including its high-profile landing and lifting body architecture. However, it is significantly smaller and more elusive, capable of changing orbit and concealing its position. Now, since its first mission in 2010, the X-37B has completed over 3,750 days in space, covering 1.3 billion miles. Its achievements were recognized in 2019 with the Robert J. Collier Trophy for significant American aeronautical and astronomical achievements. Now, the X-37B's increasing mission durations and capabilities have coincided with a similar development by China. Their Shenlong Divine Dragon space plane project launched aboard a Long March 2F rocket and has been the subject of international interest and speculation. And Boeing's X-37B was initially designed for a 270-day mission. However, since OTV-2 in 2011, each mission has exceeded its predecessor in duration, with the sixth mission lasting a record 908 days. And OTV-7 is anticipated to surpass this duration and includes expanded capabilities for hosting more experiments. The chief of space operations for the Space Force suggested that OTV-7 could be the X-37B's final mission, though. This comes amid increasing activity in space endeavors by China, highlighted by their recent Shenlong mission and deployment of objects into orbit from the Shenlong mission. Now, the close timing of the launches of the X-37B and Shenlong has not gone unnoticed, though. U.S. officials, including Stoltzman, have acknowledged mutual interest and surveillance between the two nations regarding their respective spaceplane projects. The X-37B's development and deployment show that it's an important phase in space exploration and technological advancement right now. Its super secretive nature and advanced capabilities show a significant leap in the U.S.'s efforts to maintain a strategic edge in space. And the speculation surrounding the S-37B's purpose and capabilities reflects the ongoing intrigue and competition in space exploration and utilization. And as nations continue to develop and deploy advanced space tech, the X-37B remains a key player in this area. Now, the X-37B's latest mission continues to foster discussions and theories about its objectives and its impact. With each mission pushing the boundaries of space tech, the X-37B remains an important component of the evolving narrative of space exploration and security. Now, the impact of future space missions, though, in terms of technology and strategy, we're not exactly sure what that's going to be. And as it embarks on its latest journey, the X-37B's secretive nature, coupled with its advanced capabilities, continues to captivate everybody. So if we have any more information about the X-37B, we'll let you know as soon as possible. Sex faces allegations from federal labor officials for unlawfully terminating eight employees in 2022. Now, these employees had distributed a letter critical of SpaceX's founder, Elon Musk, particularly over his handling of sexual harassment claims and his behavior on social media. And this development adds to a series of legal challenges confronting Musk's other enterprises as well, including X or Twitter and also Tesla. Now, the National Labor Relations Board, the MLRB, 
complaint focuses on the employee's effort to distance SpaceX from Musk's controversial social media statements, including his response to sexual harassment allegations. Now, this letter, supported by a group of over 13,000 SpaceX staff, also urged the company to revise and uniformly enforce its harassment policies. Gwynne Shotwell, SpaceX's president and CEO, along with other executives, allegedly restricted the distribution of this letter, a move the Labor Board deems illegal. And the NLRB's actions aim to secure remedies like reinstatement and back pay for the dismissed workers, emphasizing the importance of employee rights in corporate settings. Now, Paige Holland Thailand, one of the discharge employees, expressed hope for accountability of SpaceX. They criticized the company's treatment of its workforce. They said, at SpaceX, the rockets may be reusable, but the people who build them are treated as expendable. And SpaceX's lack of immediate response to these allegations fits kind of in a pattern that Elon Musk does. This approach was evident in his reactions on X or Twitter, where he drastically reduced the workforce of that company, including firing internal critics from day one. And the labor board's accusation against SpaceX mirrors a similar case involving Tesla. Uh, Tesla faced NLRB scrutiny for illegally firing a worker engaged in union activities, a decision that was upheld by a federal court. Now, this pattern of labor disputes across Musk's company raises questions with the NLRB. And adding to SpaceX's legal challenges, the Justice Department sued the company for alleged hiring discrimination against asylum seekers and refugees. This case is currently hindered by an injunction, but it contributes to the growing scrutiny of SpaceX's employee practices. Now, the controversy at SpaceX intensified following a 2021 essay by a former employee detailing unaddressed sexual harassment. This incident, alongside a separate $250,000 harassment claim settlement involving Musk, which he denied and mocked on Twitter, has put a spotlight on the company's culture and the policies as of late. The critical letter from SpaceX employees emerged in this context, with Gwynne Shotwell initially appearing supportive of the initiative. However, the situation escalated when Shotwell reprimanded employees involved in the letter's distribution, leading to the firing of several staff members, including organizers Tom Moline and Holland Thailand. And the NLRB's complaint extends beyond the firing, citing additional violations like a SpaceX vice president's criticism of the letter and implied threats to employees disagreeing with Musk's behavior. These actions, along with a senior HR official's alleged surveillance of the employees, shows a broader concern over at SpaceX. Reuters reports that the open letter described Musk as a distraction in embarrassment, highlighting the broader issue of workers' rights to advocate for better working conditions under federal labor law. Now, the NLRB's involvement in this case is very significant, with its general counsel functioning akin to a prosecutor. The process potentially leading to a hearing before an administrative judge could result in orders for SpaceX to reinstate the employees with back pay should the firings be deemed unlawful. Now, Musk's company have faced several accusations regarding employee rights. For instance, X was charged by the NLRB for illegally dismissing an employee over tweets about the company's policies, and Tesla has been embroiled in various complaints, including race discrimination allegations. The outcome of this case could have significant implications for how employee rights are viewed and protected at SpaceX. The focus of the NLRB's complaint is not just the termination of these employees, but also the manner in which SpaceX's leadership, particularly CEO Gwynne Shotwell, handled the situation. 
Now, the allegation that Shotwell and other executives unlawfully restricted the distribution of the letter suggests a breach of employee rights to freely communicate and address workplace concerns. This aspect of the complaint highlights a crucial aspect of labor law, the protection of workers' rights to collectively advocate for a better work environment. In this context, the NLRB's involvement signals a significant stand against practices that might stifle employees' voices, particularly in high-tech industries. And the Labor Board's pursuit of remedies like reinstatement and back pay for dismissed SpaceX employees shows that they're committed to these employees. The Labor Board's pursuit of remedies like reinstatement and back pay for the dismissed SpaceX employees are essential in maintaining a balance between employer authority and employee rights, especially in industries known for demanding work environments. These laws, which are enshrined in the National Labor Relations Act, protect the rights of workers to engage in concerted activities for the purpose of collective bargaining or other mutual aid or protection. And by firing the employees by advocating a change in company policies and distancing from Musk's public conduct, SpaceX is accused of infringing on these protected activities. The NLRB's complaint highlights a key aspect of the labor law, though, the right of employees to jointly address issues related to their work environment and employer conduct without fear of retribution or unjust dismissal. So right now, the space industry is witnessing pretty big shift in the cost dynamics of launching rockets into space. And SpaceX in the Falcon 9 rocket, which offering launches for as low as $67 million, has been a disruptive force in reducing space travel costs for about a decade now. Now, in a remarkable, crazy turn of events, ULA, the United Launch Alliance, with it's at a joint venture between aerospace giants Boeing and Lockheed Martin, they're showing a formidable challenge to SpaceX with the Vulcan Centaur rocket, brand new rocket. It's a potential leveling of the playing field with this competitive space market between SpaceX and every other competitor. Now, SpaceX's journey in lowering space travel costs has been pretty well documented, slashing prices from once standard $400 million per launch to about $70 million. And the development of their Starship vehicle, aiming to launch more cargo for significantly less, shows that they're going to get even better at what they do. However, despite the progress, the Starship is yet to complete a successful test flight to orbit, leaving room for competitors to play a little bit of catch up here. Now, uh, ULA which is long perceived as an old space program and they're trailing behind SpaceX in cost effectiveness, appears to have made a leap forward with the Vulcan Centaur rocket. Originally replacing the costly Delta IV Heavy, the Centaur rocket is being positioned by ULA as a cost-competitive alternative to SpaceX's Falcon 9 and other offerings, with an aim to launch for under $100 million. Now, the allocation of 21 launch contracts by the U.S. Space Force split almost evenly between SpaceX and ULA has been a spotlight on the pricing strategies of both companies. ULA secured 11 launches at an average cost of about $118 million per launch, marginally undercutting SpaceX's $120 million per launch. Now, this suggests a very narrow gap now between the two rivals. And despite the apparent parity in launch costs, a deeper analysis reveals nuances, though. ULA's launches are all slated for the Vulcan Centaur, 
whereas SpaceX's contracts include both Falcon 9 and the more expensive Falcon Heavy launches. Adjusting for this mix, SpaceX's Falcon 9 launches would still be slightly more expensive on average, but the difference is increasingly marginal. Now, the pricing parity between SpaceX and ULA raises questions about the future financial performance of Boeing and Lockheed Martin, though, which is the parent company's the ULA, and there's speculation that they might sell ULA. But even if they retain ownership, the impact on revenue and profit margins remains uncertain. Lockheed has already seen a decline in space revenue and profit margins due to competition from SpaceX. And if the Vulcan Centaur proves cheaper to build and operate than ULA's previous Atlas and Delta rockets, it could stabilize or even improve the company's financials. This would be a welcome development for investors in Boeing and Lockheed. Aligning with ULA CEO Tori Bruno, friend of the show, commitment to reducing launch costs. Now, SpaceX continues to demonstrate its capabilities with recent successful launches. The USS F-52 mission for the U.S. Space Force using the Falcon Heavy was launched from Kennedy Space Center, carrying the Boeing-built X-37B. They work together here. And this mission highlights that SpaceX will, of course, work with anybody as long as they're giving the money to launch whatever they want to launch. Now, the X-37B, which is a reusable spacecraft, it's a space plane similar to the old space shuttle, is set to test new space domain awareness technologies and other experiments. Now, this mission, according to Boeing, is top secret, will push the boundaries of space exploration and offer benefits to the wider spacefaring community. And this is an innovative program by Boeing and the Space Force, launched on a Falcon Heavy rocket. Now, the successful launch of the USS F-52 mission shows that the U.S. Space Force's dedication to national security and technological advancement uh, and they will use any vendor that will give them a good price. So could it be ULA? Could it be SpaceX in the future? We're not 100% sure, but probably both in the coming years. Now, the recent developments in the space launch market reflect a kind of evolving landscape here, where price competitiveness is finally becoming increasingly crucial. Companies like ULA have had high prices for decades, and now ULA's Vulcan Centaur and SpaceX's Falcon 9 and Falcon Heavy rockets are at the forefront of these shifts, offering more cost-effective solutions for both commercial and government space missions. And as ULA and SpaceX continue to vie for dominance in the space launch market, the industry is likely to witness further innovations and cost reductions. The competition between these two mega-giants not only influences the respective financial performances, but also shapes the future trajectory of space exploration and tech. Now, investors in Boeing, Lockheed Martin, and other companies involved in the space industry will closely monitor this. The balance between maintaining profitability and staying competitive in pricing will be crucial for these companies to continue offering services to the government. Now, this reduction in launch costs has broader implications for the overall space exploration field. Lower costs open up new possibilities for scientific research, satellite deployment, and even human-rated crewed missions to space. Now, this could potentially accelerate the pace of discovery and innovation in outer space. Government entities like the U.S. Space Force also play a role in this, not only as customers, but also as partners in advancing technological capabilities. Their contracts and missions are vital for the sustained growth and development of space capabilities. Most of our technology now was built uh, in the space age when government contracts were huge with companies like this, and they innovated so many technological leaps due to 
this competition. So SpaceX, ULA, this competition is great, not just for them, but for all of us involved. Now, this is an important juncture right now between ULA, Vulcan Centaur, and SpaceX's Falcon 9 and Falcon Heavy rockets. This competition is not just about market share, though, and not just about money, but also about our own futures. And these companies will continue to innovate and will continue to drive down costs, because if they can drive down costs, they'll get more money from the government and more money from the Department of Defense, and they'll innovate for all of us. Tesla has adjusted the range estimates for several of its EV models in the United States, notably affecting the Model Y, the Model S, and the Model X. Now, these changes include a reduction in the estimated range for various trims, with some models experiencing a decrease of up to 6%. Now, these modifications have not been applied to Tesla's listings in the UK or the EU. Now, the most significant change is observed in the Model Y's performance trim, which now shows an estimated range of 285 miles, a decrease from the previous 303 miles. Similarly, the Model Y long range now stands at 310 miles, down from 330. Now, the Model X's Plaid variant has seen a reduction from 333 miles to 326. Additionally, the Model S Plaid with 19-inch wheels now has a range estimate of 359 miles, down from 396. Now, Tesla has not publicly explained the reason for these lowered range estimations. However, internal documentation reviewed by Drive Tesla suggests that the changes are due to two factors, enhancements in comfort and functionality that require more energy, and the implementation of revised EPA testing requirements that have led to higher consumption and slightly reduced overall range. Now, Tesla has faced criticism in the past for overstating its range figures. In 2020, the EPA disputed Elon Musk's claim of 400-mile range for the Tesla Model S long range. Moreover, in October of last year, the Department of Justice began investigating Tesla over reports that some of its mileage figures were intentionally inflated. Alongside the range updates, Tesla introduced two new color options for the Model Y all-electric crossover. The colors Stealth Gray and Ultra Red are not new to Tesla's lineup, but are newly available for the Model Y. Stealth Gray is offered at no additional cost, while Ultra Red carries a $2,000 premium. Stealth Gray was first introduced on the Model S and the Model X in October of 2023, with Ultra Red following in March of the same year. In China, Ultra Red is known as Flame Red, and this marks the first time that Tesla has introduced a new color for the Model Y in the United States since its launch. In Europe, Tesla offers exclusive colors for the Model Y, including Midnight Cherry Red and Quicksilver, available only for vehicles built at Gigafactory Berlin. In addition to the new colors, Tesla has also updated range estimates for the Model Y's long range and performance configurations. The long range is now rated at 310 miles and decrease of 20 miles, and the performance is rated at 285 miles, down from 303. These changes have been applied to three Tesla models in the U.S., with the Model 3 retaining its original five color options for the time being. Now, a revision in the EPA's method for calculating electric vehicle range, or EV range, has resulted in most Tesla models appearing less efficient. These changes coincide with Tesla's updates in its 2024 model lineup, which include the new Model Y colors and updates to steering wheels and yokes for the Model S and the Model X. 
and the Tesla community was further stirred up by the Cybertruck's lower-than-expected range in a highway range test by out-of-spec studios. This occurred simultaneously with the EPA's changes to EV range testing procedures. And these procedural changes in the 2024 model year updates led some to speculate that the range reduction was due to the latter. However, the actual change lies in how the range is now calculated. The EPA has mandated that EV manufacturers test acceleration and ride height modes in both best and worst case scenarios. This new approach is intended to better reflect real-world range performance and applies to vehicles tested for the 2024 model year onwards. Now for Tesla buyers in 2024, this means that the EPA range estimates listed on Tesla's website are now more reflective of actual use. Notably, the Model Y all-wheel drive and the Model Y performance have seen range reductions of about 20 plus miles, now rated at 310 and 285 miles respectively. The Model S Plaid's range has also decreased, depending on the wheel option, while the Model X was less impacted. The Model 3 remains unaffected by these changes, as Tesla has not tested the 2024 model year version, and the anticipated refresh of the Model 3, known as the Highland, is likely to undergo these tests when it begins sales. Tesla has also removed the creep and roll stopping modes from the 2024 Model Y, leaving hold as the only option. Now, this change is expected to improve efficiency by maximizing regenerative braking. Hold mode, popular among Tesla drivers, aligns with the one-pedal driving experience. Now, additionally, Tesla has reduced the top speed of the Model S LR to 130 miles per hour from 155 miles per hour, another move at enhancing rated efficiency. Now, the company's 2024 model year lineup includes new color offerings for the Y, with Stealth Gray now available for free, and Midnight Silver Metallic. Ultra Red, priced at $2,000, is now the most expensive paint option for the Model Y, taking over from the discontinued multi-coat red. Now, this change aligns with Tesla's strategy of constantly refreshing its vehicle offerings and options. Lastly, the Model S and the Model X are set to receive new steering wheels and yokes. A significant update is the mechanically operated horn activated by pressing the center hub, which replaces the capacitive button on the steering wheel or yoke used previously. These range adjustments and other updates reflect Tesla's ongoing efforts to align its vehicle offerings with regulatory changes and consumer preferences. Now, while some consumers uh, may be disappointed by the reduced range estimates, these changes are part of Tesla's strategy to provide more accurate and realistic information about its vehicle's performances. 2024 is going to be one of the most amazing years for spaceflight. It's going to be a historic one for space missions with numerous commercial companies and also NASA gearing up for a series of ambitious launches. Now, the spotlight for this year is on the moon, as NASA plans to send humans there for the first time since 1972 with the Artemis II mission, while a host of other commercial lunar landers are also poised for launch. Now, the Artemis II mission, which is a cornerstone of NASA's lunar exploration program, is scheduled for November of 2024, although there's a possibility of it slipping into 2025. And the mission crew includes three NASA astronauts and a Canadian astronaut as well. They'll embark on an eight-day journey to the moon and back, testing the Orion capsule's ability to safely carry humans. Now, this mission paves the way for Artemis III, aiming for a 2025 launch, which seeks to land the first woman on the moon. But this is probably going to slip further on to 2027, possibly 2028. So Artemis III, don't worry about that one yet. 
we're going to do Artemis 2 2024, probably late 2024. Now, the Vulcan Centaur rocket's a whole different thing. Developed by the United Launch Alliance, or ULA, is set to make its debut in January of 2024. This is a new heavy lift rocket, a successor to the Atlas V and Delta IV rockets, and it's slated to launch from Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. Its first mission, the Certification 1 mission, is crucial as ULA needs to complete two certification flights before undertaking missions for the Department of Defense. CERT 1's payload includes the Peregrine Lunar Lander by Astrobotic Technology, marking the first launch under NASA's Commercial Lunar Payload Services, or the CLPS, contracts. The Peregrine is targeting a moon landing in February of 2024, and this mission will also carry the remains and DNA of several notable individuals, including Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry and actors James Duan and Nichelle Nichols and DeForest Kelly to a permanent location in deep space. Now, beyond the Peregrine, other CLPS missions are on the calendar. Intuitive Machine's Nova Sea Lander on the IM-1 mission is scheduled to fly on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. Astrobotics Griffin Lander is targeting a lunar landing in November on a SpaceX Falcon Heavy, carrying NASA's Viper rover to explore the moon's south pole. Intuitive Machine's second mission, IM-2, also planned for 2024, will send another Nova Sea Lander to the moon's south pole to demonstrate resource utilization and exploration. Now, Boeing CST-100 Starliner is also set to mark a significant milestone with its first-ever crewed flight. After several delays and setbacks, the Starliner aims to demonstrate its capability to safely transport astronauts through the International Space Station. The crew flight test, or the CFT, scheduled for mid-April, will see astronauts Butch Wilmore and Sonny Williams aboard an eight-day mission to the ISS. SpaceX's Crew Dragon has a busy schedule for 2024 as well, including two private missions with Axiom Space to the International Space Station, two more crew rotations for NASA, and the private Polaris Dawn mission. That's going to be my favorite mission. Now, this includes Axiom 3, Crew 8, and Summer Mission for Polaris Dawn, Crew 9 in August, and Axiom 4 in October. Now, these missions contribute to a record number of humans launching to space from Florida. Now, Sierra Space, the Dream Chaser space plane designed to resemble kind of a miniature space shuttle, is preparing for its first uncrewed flight to the International Space Station. The mission, part of NASA's ISS cargo supply contract, is unique as the Dream Chaser will land at the Kennedy Space Center, unlike other cargo spacecraft. The first launch is planned before summer 2024 on a Vulcan Centaur rocket. Its SpaceX is set to conduct at least two cargo resupply missions for Northrop Grumman's Cygnus spacecraft to the ISS, due to Northrop Grumman's shortage of parts for its Antares rockets. Now, these missions launching from Florida atop Falcon 9 rockets it shows that the increasing collaboration and interdependence with the commercial space companies is very important for 2024. NASA's significant science mission for 2024, the Europa Clipper, is destined for Jupiter's moon Europa. Scheduled for an October launch on a Falcon Heavy, the mission aims to explore the icy moon's potential to support life. Additionally, NASA's PACE satellite, set for a February launch, will study ocean health and the Earth's marine ecosystems. In the competitive landscape of space launches, SpaceX continues to dominate. Planning for an accelerated launch schedule to support its Starlink satellite constellation, 
United Launch Alliance, on the other hand, is focusing on increasing the launch frequency of its Vulcan, Centaur, and Atlas V rockets, with aspirations for at least two monthly launches by 2025. Now, the final mission for ULA's Delta IV heavy rocket is scheduled for summer of 2024. This marks the end of an era for this particular rocket model, with ULA focusing on its Vulcan, Centaur, and Atlas V rockets for future missions. Notably, all remaining Atlas V rockets have already been purchased, including several for Amazon's Project Kuiper. And while large rockets will dominate the headlines, smaller rocket companies like Astraspace and Relativity Space are not expected to launch from Florida in 2024. However, other small rocket firms like ABL Space Systems, Firefly, and Rocket Lab continue their orbital endeavors from other locations. Blue Origin's heavy-lift new Glenn rocket is a wildcard for 2024. Jeff Bezos' company, which supplies ULA with BE-4 engines for Vulcan Centaur, is working towards the first launch of New Glenn. Successful early Vulcan Centaur flights might pave the way for enough engines to support New Glenn's inaugural mission from Launch Complex 36 at Cape Canaveral. Now, the year 2024 is shaping up to be a watershed moment in space exploration, with a blend of government and commercial endeavors that are pushing the boundaries of what's possible. Now, Artemis II is the big one. But remember, we do have SpaceX down at Starbase continuing to push new missions for the Artemis III program with their Starship rocket, super heavy rocket. It's a massive thing. And as we look ahead, from lunar landings to ISS resupply missions to Starship, each launch contributes to our understanding of space and our place within it. One of the most important questions about SpaceX is, will it ever go public? Will there be an IPO for the company? Can you buy shares for the company? Can you buy stock in the company? Well, late last year, uh, SpaceX was reportedly in discussions to sell 500 million to 750 million shares of its stocks, potentially valuing the company at over $175 billion. And this evaluation exceeds the record set by Alibaba's IPO in 2014, and it's a rise from SpaceX's $150 billion valuation in July of 2023. Now, SpaceX's new valuation would position it above major companies like Disney and Comcast in terms of market cap. However, the details of SpaceX's tender offer could still change at any time. The company is projected to generate $9 billion in revenue over the whole year of 2023 and is aiming for approximately $15 billion in 2024. SpaceX has achieved a very dominant role in the space transportation market, accounting for over 64% of commercial rocket launches in the first half of this year. Elon Musk has attracted top talent to SpaceX, including former NASA engineers and Apple product designers, and the company's satellite business, Starlink, which aims to provide internet access to remote areas, has seen its revenue increase from $222 million in 2021 to almost $2 billion in 2022 and 2023. Now, despite speculation about a potential Starlink IPO as early as 2024, late 2024, both Elon Musk and investor Ron Barron have dismissed these rumors. Barron, who is a significant investor in SpaceX, anticipates a Starlink IPO around 2027, with SpaceX's valuation potentially reaching 250 to 300 billion dollars at that point. Now, Musk has previously indicated that he doesn't foresee Starlink going public until at least 2025, 
and the company is currently focusing on its goal of launching this mega constellation of 42,000 satellites by next year using the Starship rocket. Now, Musk has mentioned on X, formerly Twitter, that Starlink's IPO would depend on the company becoming financially viable and being able to predict cash flow effectively. Now, currently, Starlink has achieved break-even cash flow, as per Musk's recent posts. But SpaceX reported a profit of $55 million on $1.5 billion in revenue for the first quarter of 2023, and then more throughout the year. The company has also raised significant capital through stock issuance, maintaining a strong cash position. However, it has yet to reach its projected target of 20 million subscribers, currently having between 2 and 3 million subscribers. SpaceX continues to attract an investment and interest despite the uncertainty around its cash flow predictions. It has recently secured a contract with the U.S. Space Force and investments from entities like Intesa San Paolo. Ron Barron, who is a billionaire investor himself, sees potential in SpaceX's Starlink above all else, expecting it to go public around 2027 with a valuation between $250 and $300 billion. He views SpaceX and Tesla as key investments in his portfolio. Listen to Ron Barron about this. He knows what he's talking about. And Musk and SpaceX's leadership have contemplated a Starlink IPO once the business stabilizes. Elon Musk has confirmed that Starlink has achieved break-even cash flow, though details remain unspecified. And the company has launched over 5,000 satellites and boasts more than 2 million subscribers. Now, SpaceX's surging valuation, now around $150 billion, is significantly driven by Starlink. Musk's decision to possibly take the company public reflects the desire of long-term investors to realize their investments. Out. SpaceX's stock sales are always notable events in the financial markets, offering a rare opportunity for investors to buy into one of Musk's most successful enterprises. If the potential SpaceX stock sale shows that the company's growth and Musk's ability to attract investment and drive innovation is paramount to the success of Starlink and also SpaceX. Now, the decision to go public with Starlink alone or any part of SpaceX will be closely watched because Elon Musk doesn't want to give up control of the rocket company that will be bringing people to the surface of Mars. And as SpaceX continues to lead the space transportation and satellite markets, the company's financials and strategic moves will remain a topic of interest among investors and industry watchers. As of right now, the public can't invest in an IPO of SpaceX or Starlink. So we're going to have to wait a few years until Elon Musk makes up the company's mind so we can all invest. I'll be an investor right up there, right in the beginning. Investment firm Fidelity has adjusted its valuation of shares in X Holdings, which is a company previously recognized as Twitter. Now, this adjustment comes as part of the mutual fund giant's ongoing assessment of its investment originally made when Elon Musk acquired the company for $44 billion. Fidelity's recent disclosure, which includes data up to the end of November 23, reveals a significant markdown in the value of X Holdings, and the mutual fund company now assesses X Holdings to be worth 71.5% less than its value at the time of purchase. This revelation includes a 10.7% reduction during November alone. This markdown period coincided with a controversial moment from Elon Musk, the head of X Holdings. In November, during an onstage interview with the New York Times, Musk responded to boycotting X advertisers with the expletive-laden remark, Go F yourself. The statement possibly impacted the perception and the value of the company. 
Now, comparing to other companies in the sector, Meta's stock rose by 4.9% in November, while Snap experienced an impressive 38.2% increase in their shares. These figures highlight the differing fortunes of companies within the tech industry and provide a contrast to the situation at X. Now, looking back, Fidelity started marking down its investment in the company immediately after Musk's takeover. However, it's notable that there were periods early in 2023 when Fidelity either increased the value of these shares or maintained their stability. Now, this indicates fluctuations in the company's perceived worth. It's important to note that Fidelity, despite being a shareholder in the privately held X holdings, may not have extensive insider information about the company's financial performance. This means that their valuation could be based on very limited data, and other shareholders might have different views on the worth of the stock. Now, X Holdings, in a move that caught media attention, briefly reinstated headlines recently, too. Um, and this is for user posts containing links. This happened on Tuesday of this week, only to reverse this change the following day. This fluctuation in the platform's features reflects ongoing adjustments under the new ownership of Elon Musk. Things happen at X really fast. Move fast and break stuff, as they used to say in Silicon Valley. Now, this alteration came and after X had initially removed news links and headlines from posts in October, following Musk's assertion that such changes would enhance the platform's aesthetics. The removal, however, required users to click on an image to view the title, leading to some confusion and criticism. Musk had promised in late November that headlines would be reintegrated into the platform in an upcoming release, suggesting they would be overlaid on the image or the URL card. Now, this change aimed to address user concerns about the accessibility and the clarity of link content. Indeed, posts on X with links now feature headlines, though presented differently than before. The temporary change on Tuesday showed headlines in small text at the bottom of the image of a URL card, specifically on the desktop version of the platform. However, this update did not extend to all versions of the app. The change was not implemented in the iOS app and the Android app. Headlines continue to appear under the image as they did before the removal, highlighting inconsistencies in the platform's user experience across different devices. Some users on the web version of X are now seeing headlines and website titles appearing over the images that link to those pages. This change, while a positive development, is not without its issues, such as truncated headlines and very hard-to-read small text. The initial decision to remove headlines was driven by Musk's desire to streamline the appearance of posts However, this led to difficulties in understanding where a link image would redirect users, prompting workarounds like embedding headlines in images or post text. And Musk's promise to reinstate headlines over URL cards is gradually coming to fruition, as evidenced by these recent changes. However, the rollout of this feature is inconsistent, particularly on Android and iOS. And the valuation and functionality changes at X Holdings reflect the complex and often unpredictable nature of the tech industry and social media. Fidelity's markdown of X shares coupled with the platform's evolving interface shows that there are challenges faced when you take over a company, a legacy company like Twitter. The situation at X Holdings is a microcosm of the larger tech industry as well, where innovation, public perception, and market dynamics interplay to shape the fortunes of companies. And as X continues to adjust Musk's leadership, its impact on the sector and the stakeholders and the money people remains a subject of keen interest. Now, Fidelity's decision to reduce the valuation of its shares in X Holding in conjunction with the company's ongoing adjustments to its platform shows that it's often volatile at Twitter, 
formerly Twitter, X. But X will continue to adapt strategies, have responsive leadership, and navigate the complexities of a new platform. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. I really do appreciate your support. If you could take a second and hit the subscribe or the follow button on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on right now, I'd greatly appreciate it. It helps out the show tremendously and you'll never miss an episode. And each episode is about 10 minutes or less to get you caught up quickly. And please, if you want to support the show even more, go to patreon.com slash stage zero. And please take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll see you tomorrow.